0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. August the 29th, I woke up, and I was ministering uh, in a church in the Panhandle, and uh, when I woke up, I just saw, saw God himself as a warrior and he had his bow pulled back like this and he was releasing arrows and he would reach back and he'd grab another arrow and he would release the arrow and he'd grab another arrow and he would release the arrow and instantly in my heart, Psalms 127, four, five, it come up in my heart. I just want to read this to you. And it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. And and I knew that the arrows were you and I. And I didn't see God's face. I didn't see the outline of God. But I knew that I knew that I knew that it was him. And anytime you have a vision, anytime you have a dream, you don't just take it. As, as from God, unless there's scripture to back it up, because it's not man's philosophy, it's not man's dream, it's not man's vision, it is God's word that never fails. Amen. And there was just a sense of satisfaction on the inside of the Father as He reached and He grabbed His arrows, which was you and I. And He was pulling back and He is releasing us into our spheres of influence. And these arrows, when they, when they were released, they went through like this circular chasm. And when they went through this circular chasm, it just, it just like blew up. It just like expanded with this gold. And I knew that gold was the anointing of God. Gold represents purity. It represents the anointing of God. And there was just an urgency in my heart for the father saying, I, I need my kids to know that they are anointed, that they are chosen, they are gifted, they are called, they are equipped, they have my name, they have my blood, and I will back them up when they go into their sphere of influence. But then as we were praying back there and as we were worshiping, even though there was a degree of satisfaction in the heart of the Father for the arrows that he was grabbing, which represents you and I, it represents the ones who are willing Say willing. Willing. There was also a, a pause. And a sadness. And as he was grabbing ones that were willing, he also said he had to bypass ones that weren't willing. It was in them they were designed to go into their sphere of influence They were equipped to go into their sphere of influence, but he said they're not ready yet. But then he said, I'll come back to them. I'll come back to them. And if they'll be willing, the same power, the same anointing, the same uh, uh, authority, the same dominion will be in them and on them. And when I saw these arrows being released into their spheres of influence, I saw the shaft glowing with fire. And I thought of Ephesians chapter six, when the apostle Paul was talking to you and I about our shield of faith. And he says, verse 16, above all, above all take up the shield of faith for which we will be able to quench all the fiery darts. One translation says flaming arrows. Now I want you to see this for a second and we'll we'll get into what God is wanting us to, to talk about. But the devil is always a pervert. He always tries to take God's original design and twist it. And these arrows that Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 6, there were three different types of arrow. And the first arrow, whenever the warrior would release the arrow, it was a, simply an arrow like you would shoot a, a deer with, or you would just shoot. It wouldn't cause much harm, and they would see the arrow coming, and they would think, okay, there's not much harm there, and it might stick somebody in the shoulder. It might take a few people out, but not that big a deal. The next arrow was an arrow that they would dip in tar, and they would light it on fire, and they would... And they could see that one coming, and it might hit a hut or something and whoo, cause a little bit of a fire, a little bit of a destruction, a little bit of uproar, but then the third arrow was the one that he was talking about. And this is an arrow that looked like the first one. When it comes firing your way, it doesn't look like it's going to cause that much damage or that much destruction, but inside the shaft, it was filled with combustible fluid. And whenever it hit its target, boom! It would explode it was the bomb of the day and Paul was telling you and I to take up our shield of faith where which we would be able to quench all the fiery darts or the flaming arrows of the evil one but here God is saying you and I are the arrows see the devil never is bigger than the God that we serve And God is saying you are the one that is glowing on fire. You are the one that seems like you're like everybody else until you get into your sphere of influence and what I placed on the inside of you explodes. Boom! And you are designed by God to bring havoc on the kingdom of darkness. You are designed by God to go into the kingdom of darkness and expand the kingdom of God. You are designed by God to have the wisdom of God coming out of your mouth. The strategies of God being on your mind. You are designed to be a light shining in darkness and like never before in this earth, you and I are supposed to be on duty, willing and ready saying, yes, sir, whatever he asks us to do and wherever he tells us to go. So God is saying that you're the arrow. And what is on the inside of you is designed to bring destruction to the kingdom of darkness. You are designed to put the devil in his place. He's already stripped. He's already defeated. He's already brought to nothing. He has no power and authority that is bigger than what is on the inside of you. We are designed. We are released. I want you to see yourself as the arrow. Say, I'm the arrow. And the father's pulling it back and whoo. And he's pulling it back and woo, And he's pulling it back and woo, And he wants us to begin to think like the warriors you and I are designed by God to be. And so when I ask him, okay, Lord, where, where are the scriptures to back this up? I just want to read a few. We could go for a while. But remember, whenever the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt... God parted the Red Sea and the army came running after them and God released the water and destroyed the enemy and the children of Israel get on the other side and they're worshiping and they're praising God and they begin to declare who God is and they begin to proclaim who God is and I encourage you to begin to do that not just at church but to do it at your house and they start magnifying God and this is what they say about God. Remember seeing God as the warrior releasing arrows into their spheres of influence. Exodus 15 verse three, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Psalm seven verse 11 through 13 in the Amplified Classic. God is a righteous judge, yes a God who is indignant every day. If a man does not turn and repent, God will wet his sword Listen to this. He has strung and bent his huge bow and made it ready by treading it with his foot. He has also prepared for him deadly weapons. He makes his arrows fiery shafts. I want you to remember what the Lord is saying. The Lord is a man of war and he is releasing the arrows, which are you and I. And we go through this chasm knowing that when we're released into our sphere of influence that we have his anointing in us and on us and you and I are burning, burning. There's a, a teaching I did on the first part of this. You can go to our YouTube channel or wherever it is and, and you can and listen to the first teaching on how do I stay aglow? How do I stay burning with the spirit of God? And, and Paul talks to us about stirring ourselves up and stirring our faith up and stirring up our, our power and stirring up our mind and stirring up our gifts and stirring up our calling and stirring up our passion and stirring ourselves up. Say, stir myself up. Let's keep going. Psalms 18 verse 14, he sent out his arrows and scattered the foe, lightnings in abundance and he vanquished them. Psalms 21, verses 11 through 13. I'm just laying groundwork here. Now I want you to think about the state that our world is in. What's going on in our country? For they intended evil against you. They devised a plot which they are not able to perform. Therefore, you will make them turn their back. You will make ready your arrows on your stream toward their faces. Be exalted, O Lord. In your own strength, we will sing and praise your power. In the New Living Translation, it says, evil schemes will never succeed. For they will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. Rise up, O Lord, and all your power with music and singing, we will celebrate your mighty acts. Now, I want to read this to you. October the 10th, uh, October the 4th, I was praying and this is what the Lord said. He says, you will feel the velocity and the torque talking about the arrows you will feel the velocity and the torque. But when you do begin to praise me and I will protect you, your praise will bring my presence to cover you. Your praise will bring my peace. Your praise will help your perspective. Your praise will increase my power. Your praise is very important during this time. I want to read it again. You will feel the velocity and the torque, but when you do, begin to praise me and I will protect you. Your praise will bring my presence to cover you. Your praise will bring my peace. Your praise will help your perspective. Your praise will increase my power. Your praise is very important during this time. This is not just at church. And then I kept hearing these words. In My Spirit... That You're Chosen... I want you to write this down... That You're Chosen... You're Gifted... You're Called... And You're Equipped... You're Chosen... You're Gifted... You're Called... You're Equipped... And You're Anointed... I want you to write it down... You're Chosen... You're Gifted... You're Called... You're equipped and you're anointed. We won't get to all of these tonight, but we're gonna start down that road. Now, not only do we need to see ourselves as the arrows sent into our spheres of influence, we're also made in the image and likeness of God. And if God is a warrior, there's a warrior on the inside of you. And the Lord says, I'm stirring the warriors. I'm stirring the warriors. I'm stirring the warriors. I'm stirring the warriors. Not only are you an arrow, but you are a warrior. Think about Joshua chapter one, verses two through six, verse nine in the Amplified Classic. Now, as I'm declaring this over you, I'm asking the Lord, the same anointing that stirred Joshua The same anointing that stirred David, the same anointing that stirred Daniel, the same anointing that stirred Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the same anointing that stirred Moses, the same anointing that was in and on Jesus, the same anointing that stirred the disciples is the same anointing that's carrying this word into your spirit, man. And you're going to begin to move as the spirit of God stirs the warrior on the inside of you. Joshua 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now, say now, arise, take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving to them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that is... Have I given to you as I promised Moses, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong. Why? Why can you be strong? Because if you truly believe that God is in you and God is with you, you're going to be strong. He goes on to say, be confident. Why can you be confident? Because if you know God is with you and God is in you and God will not fail you, you're going to be confident. See, when I truly believe God's word and I spend time in the presence of God and I don't just come to church and just take notes coming to church on the way to lunch, but I'm coming to get a strategy. I'm coming to hear from my father. I'm reporting for duty, sir. Because the warrior on the inside of you, you might be saying, well, that's just not me. That's just not my person. Get over yourself. The greater one is on the inside of you and people are counting on you to rise up and be who you're called and created to be. He says, be, be confident. Listen, listen to the, the power of be. He said, light, be, and what happened? The power of be is still Being. Light is still progressing. Be, so when he says be fruitful, the command and the anointing is still there. Be strong. Be confident. Be who you're called and created to be. The power that's in. Be is the same power that's in you. Be who you're created to be. Be who you're chosen to be. Be who you're gifted to be. Be who you're designed to be. Be, rise up and be. Why can I be? Because God is in you. God is with you. God is for you. And he's saying, I will not fail you. Amen. Thank you Lord. The same way he was with Moses is the same way he is with us. Thank you, Lord. And he goes on to say, have not I commanded you? Be, say it, be, be Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What was God doing? God was stirring the warrior inside of Joshua. To such an extent that here goes Joshua, and the next place you see him he's taking the walls of Jericho as they marched around it sixth time, and the seventh time they begin to shout, Here goes Joshua taking the children of Israel to possess the promised land, what God had promised them. God has promised you some things, but it's gonna take the warrior on the inside of you to rise up and go get it. You see, Joshua had such a fight in him that even an angel appeared on the scene and he pulls the sword on the angel and says, all right, whose side are you on? And he said, whoa, back up, man. <laughs> There's a warrior on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. And it's going to take the warrior on the inside of us to be the leaders we're called and created to be to be that arrow being shot into our sphere of influence with the shaft glowing. It's gonna take the warrior on the inside of us. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. You need to let the warrior come alive. Tell him you need to let the warrior come alive. First Samuel 17, verse 36, 37, verse 45 through 48 in the new King James, your servant, this is, this is God stirring David, your servant killed both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See, when you know the Lord is with you, you think different. When you know the Lord is with you, you walk different. When you know the Lord is with you, you approach things differently. So I've got to ask myself, if I truly believe that God is in me, I truly believe that God is with me. How am I going to approach what's going on? And he keeps going. Verse 46 uh, I don't want to skip too, too soon there. Uh, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me in a, with a sword and with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, a host, the God of the armies of Israel, the God of the armies of Israel, the God of the armies. We are in the army of God. We are warriors. What is God doing? He is stirring the warrior on the inside of us. What was he doing in David? He was stirring the warrior on the inside of him. And he goes on to say, whom you have defied, verse 46, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's, but who is he going to use to bring it to pass? us He's going to use our words. He's going to use our faith. He's going to use the name of Jesus coming out of our mouth. He's going to use the power of the blood of Jesus. He's going to use the covenant that we have with him. He is going to use you and I as the warrior himself releases us into our spheres of influence, anointed by God, full of the spirit of God, full of the power of God, with the power of the name of Jesus, with the power of the blood of Jesus, to go into the kingdom of darkness and explode for the glory of God because it's his goodness that brings people into repentance. Not only are you an arrow, you are a warrior. Say I'm a warrior. warrior. And he goes on to say for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He hurried. He ran toward the Philistine. He ran toward are you walking or are you running? What did Pastor say this Sunday? Well, I was listening um, to the teaching the other night. Jared and I preached in uh, Colorado Monday night, and we was listening to Pastor Justin on the way back. And what did he say? Get your stride. Gain your momentum and fulfill your purpose. Come on. Get your stride. Gain your momentum. And fulfill your purpose. Why would God be saying what he's saying? Because there's other people on his mind. That's right. Why would he be waiting? See, none of this is hidden. What's going on in this world, it's not catching God by surprise. Amen. If you look at it correctly, it's the mercy of God. Amen. But he's saying, now is the time, warriors, that I need you to be released into your sphere of influence. Warriors, say, that's me. me. He's saying, let's rise up. He's saying, rise up. So then I heard these words. They're chosen. They're gifted. They're called. They're equipped. They're anointed. They're chosen. They're gifted. They're called. They're equipped. They're anointed. Say it. "I'm I'm chosen. I want you to hear this with your spirit, man, and not just the flaps on the side of your head. Ephesians chapter one, verse four, I mean, I want you to think about as a little kid on the playground, everybody wanted to be chosen. When you got into sports, everybody wanted to be chosen. Whenever you married, whoever you married, when I married Heather, she was chosen. Listen to what God is saying. Ephesians chapter one, verse four, even as in his love, he chose us actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy consecrated set apart for him and blameless in his sight even above reproach before him in love i want to read it again even as in his love he chose us he chose us say it i'm chosen he chose us actually picked us out for who He chose you for himself. He chose me for himself. He chose me for himself. Say it. He chose me. And he goes on to say in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, consecrated, set apart for Who? And blameless in his sight, the word blameless in the Greek is unblemished without spot, faultless without blame. Blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. So whenever he looks at you, he's saying, I chose you for myself and I see you faultless. He doesn't see us from our past. He doesn't see us from our sin. He sees us faultless. He sees us above reproach. He sees us above shame. He sees us above guilt. He sees us without spot, blemish, wrinkle. He sees us and he picked us for himself. Say it, I'm chosen. chosen. Say it again, I'm chosen. chosen. Say it like you mean it. I'm I'm chosen. I want you to go around your house and begin to declare, God chose me. Out of all the people in the world to be me, God chose me. He didn't choose me to be you. He chose me to be me. God chose me. He chose me. God believes in me. He chose me. God designed me. He chose me. God wired me. He chose me. God equipped me. He chose me. God chose me. Say it. He chose me. He chose me. Look at your neighbor and say, he chose me. Listen to what Jesus said. John 15, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I appointed you, notice all the you's, I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing that your fruit may be lasting that it may remain abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as presenting all that I am, it may be given to you. You, 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 you are chosen. Say it, I'm chosen. chosen. Say it, I'm chosen regardless of where you're at or what you're going through, God has said, I've chosen you to bear fruit and not just a little fruit. I chose you to keep on bearing fruit and to keep on bearing fruit. Remember he said, be fruitful, be fruitful, letting us know that the power behind the "be" is still on our life today. And we are supposed to be fruitful. We are supposed to overcome. We are supposed to conquer. We are supposed to walk in victory. We are supposed to conquer. We are supposed to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. We are supposed to to bring glory to him. We are supposed to go into the kingdom of darkness and explode bringing glory to God. We're supposed to develop every gift and talent and passion and desire. We are supposed to be the head and not the tail. We are supposed to be light shining in darkness. We are chosen. Say it, I'm chosen. chosen. Jeremiah 1 5, before I formed you in the womb I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you and appointed you as a prophet to the nation. I want to read it again. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. As my chosen instrument. Say I'm a chosen instrument. The word instrument is a thing used in pursuing an aim, a person who is exploited or made use of a tool or implement, a delicate or scientific work. You are a chosen instrument. I'll read it again. A thing used in pursuing an aim. Say I'm chosen. I'm chosen. A chosen instrument, a person who is exploited and made use of. Say it, I'm chosen. A chosen instrument exploited Daniel 1132 you can look at this in your own time but it says the people who know their God will do great exploits the word exploit means to make full use of God is saying the people who are in the process of knowing me I'm gonna do a work in them and I'm gonna do a work through them to change the world around them and he's saying right here I've chosen you to be a specific instrument when I think of instrument, I think of an of an implement, an instrument, something used for a specific aim. At our house, we have a tractor and we have all these different instruments. We have a, a disc and we have a shredder and we have a box blade. We have all these different instruments for a specific purpose. And God is saying, I've chosen you and I've designed you specifically for my purpose. I've chosen you. Say He's chosen me. He's chosen. Say I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Say it. And I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. 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 Don't say that religiously. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to say it from your from your spirit. I I am chosen. I don't want you thinking about your past. I don't want you to thinking about the mistakes you've made. I want you to see yourself from God's perspective. Say it, I, I am chosen. I'm chosen. Chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Now look up at me. You're chosen and you're gifted. Say it, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the Amplified Classic. For God's gift and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Say it, I'm gifted. I want you to notice this, I'm going to read it again. For God's gifts, whose gift? And his call, whose call? Are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Whose gifts? Whose grace? Whose call? And he says to the person that I've chosen, I don't change my mind about what I put on the inside of you. I don't change my mind about the gift I placed in you. I don't change my mind about the grace I extended to you. I don't change my mind about the call. He says, once I give it, I never withdraw. Now it's God's gift. It's God's grace. It's God's call. But it's up to us to develop God's gift, discover God's grace, and to walk in God's call. He's the giver of the gift. He's the giver of the grace. He's the giver of the call. But it's up to us to discover it and it's up to us to answer the call and it's up to us to walk in what he's created us to walk in. Romans twelve six: having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. So notice that it's God's gift and every one of us have a gift. He says faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. He whose gift is whatever your gift is, he says use it according to the proportion of your faith. You're chosen and you're gifted. And God is saying use the gift that I've given you use the grace that I've extended towards you to be who you're called and created to be Remember, I want you to see yourself as the arrow being sent into your sphere of influence I want you to see yourself as the warrior being stirred that you are chosen for such a time as this You are gifted for such a time as this you were called for such a time as this you were equipped for such a time as this You were anointed for such a time as this. What is God saying? Get your stride? What's he saying gain your momentum what's he saying fulfill your purpose let's keep going Proverbs 18:16 a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men a man's gift Makes room for him and brings him before great men a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men A man's gift a person's gift makes room for them Why would your gift make a room for you? Because the purpose for you being in the room is to bring glory to him The purpose for you being in the room isn't about you. It's about him But it's up to us to develop the gift. It's up to us to lean into the grace. It's up to us to use our gift according to the faith that God has placed on the inside of us and allow that gift to put us in the room of great men and he gets the glory. You're chosen and you're gifted. Say it, I'm chosen and I'm gifted. Matthew 25, verses uh, 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on his journey. Now, studies say that every person has at least one gift that they can do better than 10,000 other people. There's no such thing as a person without a gift. There's no such thing as a person without a purpose. Now, you might not have discovered your gift or discovered your purpose, but it's in you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. I want to read it again. And each of you, say each of us, has has received a gift. Have you received your gift? See, sometimes you have to receive your gift to discover it by faith. There's still gifts inside of me that haven't manifested yet, but all the time I'm receiving them by faith. There's some gifts I'm walking in, some, some things that I'm walking in, but some I know are still on the inside of me that I'm receiving by faith. Listen to what he says, receive a gift. You've got to receive means to take. Receive means to take. And it's time for us to take ownership of what God has given us. Because until you own your gift, it's not yours. Until you own your calling, it's not yours. Until you own your healing, it's not yours. Now, when I say it's not yours, the manifestation, it's yours because of what Jesus has done, but the manifestation of it doesn't manifest until you take ownership that my father gave it to me. We know it's God's gift. We know it's God's call. We know it's God's grace, but he gave it to you and he says, now take what I've given you. He says, as each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another. So he's saying, receive the gift and employ the gift. He didn't say receive the gift and sit in church. He didn't say receive the gift and watch TV. He said, receive the gift and employ the gift. Receive the gift and employ the gift. Are you giving your gift something to do? Because our dominion and authority is always connected to our sphere of influence is always connected to our giftedness If I'm not walking in my giftedness, I'm not walking in all the dominion and authority that God's given me So he says receive the gift and employ the gift why? Because he says, when you receive the gift and employ the gift, and you receive the gift and employ the gift, and you receive the gift and employ the gift, and all of us are receiving the gift and employing the gift, it says it displays the manifold graces of God to a lost and dying world. In other words, people will see a side of God in you that they don't necessarily see in me, but when you receive the gift and employ the gift, you're being the light shining in darkness to point people to him. So he's saying, please, this isn't a suggestion. There's such an intensity on the heart of the Father and he's saying, receive the gift and employ the gift. Receive the gift and employ the gift. Those who receive the gift and employ the gift, they're the ones he's reaching back and he's putting on the string and he's releasing into the sphere of influence to explain the kingdom of God and shrink the kingdom of darkness. Receive the gift and employ the gift. Receive the gift and employ the gift. I don't keep saying it because I think you're dumb. I'm saying it because I want it to get into your spirit, man. Repetition is one of the highest forms of, of of transformation, the highest form of belief. When you repeat it over and over, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You're chosen. You're not chosen to be a churchgoer. You're not chosen just to wear a fancy dress or fancy suit. You're not chosen just to come in here and say, bless the Lord. No, you are chosen by Almighty God for a specific purpose. You are chosen by Almighty God and you are gifted. And God is saying, receive the gift and employ the gift. Receive the gift, employ the gift. Discover the gift, receive the gift, employ the gift. Receive the gift, employ the gift. You are chosen to receive the gift and employ the gift. What you saying, get off your backside and get in the game. Hit your stride, gain your momentum, and fulfill your purpose. Say, I'm chosen, I'm gifted, gifted. and I'm I'm called. I'm called. Esther chapter 4, verse 14, in the Amplified Classic: if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and for this very occasion, you have been chosen for such a time as this. And for this very occasion, you have been wired by God before the foundations of the earth for such a time as this. But he says, I love people so much that if you're not willing to rise up and be the warrior you're created to be, I will find somebody else who's willing Psalms 110 says, In the day of their willingness, they saw the power of God. How willing are you to receive the gift and employ the gift? Acts 13, verse 22 and 36. And when he had deposed him, he raised up David to be their king. Of him he bore witness. And said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will and carry out my program fully for David after he had served God's will and purpose and counsel in his own generation fell asleep. Can God say that about you? Because he says right here, when he finds somebody who has a heart after him, that he's going to bear witness of them. What does that mean?ing That he's going to watch over his word to perform it in the life of the doer. Those who know their God will do great exploits. Those who know their God will do great exploits. I want you to see yourself as the arrow being released into your sphere of influence. I want you to see yourself as the warrior you're called by God to be. I want you to see yourself that you are chosen by God. You are gifted by God. You are called by God. The word called, it means to summon. The word call means to call you from something towards something. The word call means to call you towards your purpose. You're called out of the kingdom of darkness to come into relationship with almighty God. But the call doesn't start stop there. Then you're called to find your place in the body of Christ, but the call does not stop there. Then you're called to fulfill your purpose, and the call does not stop there. If you will listen, the call will keep calling you day in, day out. The call will get so intense on the inside of you that from your spirit man, you will say, yes, yes, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing because I'm chosen, I'm gifted, and I'm called. I'm chosen, I'm gifted, and I am called. i am chosen i am gifted and i am called I am called. You are called. You, you are called. You're called. Say, I'm called. I'm called. Say it, I'm called. I'm called. Romans 1, verse 1. Here's Paul, bond servant of Jesus Christ, called, say called, to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God. Galatians one I'm kind of going through these fast for time's sake, but I want you to, to have them. Galatians one fifteen. And when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Ephesians 4.1 I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. I want to read it again. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Walking worthy of the calling is simply saying Yes. It's simply saying yes. Because see, the call of God will change your life. The call of God is simply the will of God. Every one of us have a call. It's not just pastor. Every one of us are chosen. Every one of us are gifted. Every one of us are called. And walking worthy of the call has to do with you and I simply saying yes. And then we get up tomorrow and we say yes. And throughout the day, what do we say? And tomorrow we get up and what do we say? And And we say yes and we say yes and we say yes and we say yes. Because when you hear the call, see when you hear the call and you say yes to the call, you start to discover who you were created to be. Notice how he said from before, before I formed you in the womb, I, I knew you, but then you and I, we come from the unseen into the seen, and now we're born into a physical body, and we're separated from God, but whenever we hear the call, it changes our life forever, and now he reconnects us to the one who knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. Then the closer we get to him, the more we lose sight of who we was, because now we're discovering who we are. And the more I know him and discover who I am, the less I'm willing to settle for who I used to be. See, the call will change your life. Once you say yes to the call, you can be sitting on a bar stool and it doesn't feel the same. When you say yes to the call, you might be trying to whore or drug or whatever it is and it's not the same. Why? Because the call is calling you aloud. The call is calling you towards your purpose. See, before we we listen to the call, we don't understand our importance. We don't understand our significance. That's why you might have tracks in your veins. That's why you might not have cartilage in your nose from snorting. That's why you might be trying to numb the pain, drown the pain. You're sleeping with this person and that person. Why? Because you don't understand how important you are. But when you say yes to the call, you start to discover that you're important. I mean, I I was thinking about my wife, Heather, and I I don't want you to think about you. I want you to think about, I'm thinking about myself. You think about, how important are you? How important are you that God has spared your life? How important are you the relationships that he brought around you that you're still breathing? How important are you the times that he delivered you, the times that he healed you, the times that he protected you? How important are you that you're still alive? Thank you, Lord. Who are you? Who is on the inside of you? Do you really know? You must be something important. And when you discover the call, you realize that who you are is important. It is important to be a mom. It is important to be a dad. It is important to be a brother. It is important to be a sister. It is important for you to receive the gift and employ the gift. You are important. Your gift is important. Your call is important. Do you understand how important you are? All that God has done just for you? But then we sit. And this call gets so intense on the inside of us. We say, ah, too hard. I messed up too much. You don't want to get quiet why because the call gets louder yeah. but being worthy of the call is simply when you hear it instead of instead of allowing the fear to shut you down and i want you to start practicing this just simply start saying yes 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 I, I don't know in the natural how it's going to happen, but my answer is yes. I, I work a, in August. Um, I, we, I go and spend a few days uh, with John Maxwell. Dave Ramsey was there. Uh, Jamie Kern Lima, who just sold uh, some makeup deal for $1.2 billion. I mean, it was just, and, and I worked at this desk, and it's called the Yes Desk. And so no matter what the question was, the answer was yes. When you come to God about your future, you know what the answer is? Yes. 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 When you talk to Him about your dream, you know what the answer is? Yes. When you talk to Him about your healing, you know what the answer is? Yes. Your finances, the answer is yes. 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 Yes, you're designed in my image. Yes, you're gifted by me. Yes, you're graced by me. Yes, you're called by me. Yes, you're chosen by me. Yes, you're anointed by me. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. When he thinks of you, you know what his answer is? Yes. Yeah You're chosen. You're gifted, and you're called. You're chosen. You're gifted. And you're called. Acts chapter 9, and we're getting ready to be done. Acts 9, verse 5 and 6. Who are you, Lord? This is Paul, his encounter on the road to Damascus. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So notice whenever he said, Lord, what was he doing? He was surrendering to the call even when he didn't know what it was. But God knew exactly what it was. And he goes on, verse 15 and 16, And the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things you must suffer for my name's sake. Notice, you know, for time's sake, I'm not going to go here. But all throughout the word, it talks about foreordaining and predestining and foreknowledge. Right? Right? That doesn't mean that God chooses some people to be saved and some people not to be saved. And No, no. It means that he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Amen. Psalms 139 says he has a, a book already written for your life. But every day you say yes, the author and developer and finisher of your faith, who is Jesus, helps you turn the page. Most people never get out of the table of contents. But every day when we say yes, you're walking out what he has written for your life. And you say yes tomorrow and you're walking out what he has written for your life. And you're walking out, but we don't know it whenever we say yes, but it's already done. See, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last. He never starts something unless it's already done. Finished. So when you showed up, you were already finished. Every relationship was already finished. All the provision was already finished. But in order for it to come from the unseen into the seen, it comes down to us saying yes. And when we hear God's word and we do God's word, we're saying, we're saying yes. And we lift our hands and we surrender. We're saying yes. And Paul, what was on the inside of him, two thirds of the New Testament, he did not know that, but it started one day when he said, he said yes. And the more he said yes, the more he discovered who he was. And the more he said yes, he lost sight of who he used to be. And the more he said yes, he walked in more power and authority and dominion. And as a child of God and tool, we realize that we're chosen and we realize that we're gifted and we realize that we're called we will not walk in all that god has for us but when we get up and we say yes. we say yes and whenever we read in god's word that i'm chosen it's not just about you fulfilling your destiny and purpose i'm chosen i'm i'm chosen say it i'm chosen, I'm chosen. I'm chosen to get my prayers answered. I'm chosen for God's super to come on my natural. I'm chosen for God to watch over his word. I'm chosen for him to assign angels to me. I'm chosen that his blood cleanses me. I'm chosen. Say it, I'm chosen. And I'm not only chosen, but I'm gifted. Glory to God. I am gifted. I'm gifted by almighty God. I might not know what it is, but I'm chosen and I'm gifted. And by faith, I begin to receive the gift. And when I discover it, I'm going to employ the gift. Why? Because it's going to paint the graces of God to a lost and dying world and I'm going to be able to stand up because I received the gift and employ the gift and I realize that I'm called and so here I am, I'm chosen and here I am that I'm gifted and every day I get up and I say yes and I'm taking a step, that calling is calling me to walk in my dominion and authority, that calling is calling me into the family of God, that calling is calling me to my place in the body that calling is calling me to fulfill my purpose and when you're fulfilling your purpose there's so much satisfaction there's so much fulfillment, all hell can be breaking loose and remember you are the arrow woo, sent and the whole time all hell is going on around you and you're so satisfied and so strong on the inside and you're burning the glow all for the glory of God. Hit your stride. Gain your momentum. Fulfill your purpose.